0: Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, episode 89, the new 89 of Dial the Gate, because everything is now shifting around. So the episodes that were pre-recorded and scheduled for my weekend off, of course, had to go back in and re-render them and re-upload them because Amazon is buying MGM. Holy crap. Man, I'm just going to jump right to it. Um, Jenny Stiven. Cleo Consulting, uh, marketing uh, guru of the past thirty years with a focus on digital marketing. Welcome back to the show, my dear friend.
1: It's so good to be here. Thank you so much. I love this.
0: And Tracy, you can hear me.
1: Yes, I can, David. Tracy,
0: our moderator. Tracy is going to be assisting us with the uh, with the in the in chat comments. Uh thank you both for being available here. I have to say up the uh, uh up, up the front up right up front uh we were going to have live call-ins. I've been doing some checking this morning and I am just not configured that yet. So I feel terrible because I've done like a bait and switch. So everyone show up so that they can call in and they can't. But I based on my the i'm having a technology issue that i just that was not happening the other day so we're unfortunately not going to be able to do that here but go to youtube.com slash dial the gate and submit in a chat uh with at dial the gate and tracy will add your uh question to the list so she's going to be helping to manage uh this uh for us jenny you and i have uh had the privilege of being uh uh vendors for MGM working on Stargate Command may it rest in peace. Uh yeah. a whole uh, we we've, we've been fans for for start of Stargate for how many years now? Can you give us a brief rundown of your um your your professional experience in this industry sure. and your uh connection to the franchise and why you're here?
2: Sure. Sure. I am and have been a producer in TV and digital content for 25 to 30 years. I was a fan of sci-fi my whole life. And like many of our fans that we talked to, my uh, dad got me into sci-fi. And right. we found, I stumbled, well, I saw the movie. And then I s- stumbled with my husband on the Showtime in the last season. It was on Showtime. I stumbled onto the show, and that was it for me. I was a dedicated fan. From a professional standpoint, I started working on it. I moved over into digital content in 1992 and worked in video games and other studio work for digital. And one of those moves was that I went over and started working for Fox. And they, at the time, were certainly, A, not particularly interested in digital content and digital marketing at Mm -hmm. all didn't really understand what it was at the time. But also, B, they weren't really, they didn't have anybody that was assigned to the sci-fi TV geek and film franchises. So luckily, I raised my hand and said, I love this stuff. And they said, great, you take (laughs) it. So that was Yeah, Yeah, exactly. In 2002. (laughs) And so that's when I started working full-time professionally on Stargate was in 2002. So I was lucky enough to be able to be, Therefore, a nice chunk of the franchises being on broadcast, syndication, home entertainment. And then, of course, I got to do an enormous amount of digital content with you and right. with an amazing group of producers, writers, and creators that we worked with over the years. And then when we got to do Stargate Command, when it got, quote, unquote, re-whatever we want to call it.
0: Reimagined. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh my God, uh, rebooted whatever were we want in 2016. And then we worked on it through March of 2020 last year. Yeah. And now I'm working with Wyvern Gaming to help them. And other than that, I'm not working with MGM anymore right now. So I haven't since March of 2020.
0: Yep, yeah. and I was let go from them November of 2019. So you hung on a little bit further. One of right. the reasons... The the chief reason that I want that I wanted to do this show was a you know to get everyone together to celebrate the fact that um, some gas has just been put into Stargate's tank. That's the big thing. The second thing is I want to sit down with an industry veteran and properly calibrate expectations, so that people right. who want to get educated on the process and get some insight into how the industry's is mechanized uh they can yes. they can come in and and clear up some some misconceptions and i think one of the ones is that this is a done deal you know stargate's going to be coming out next year more than likely you know because everyone you know this right. is this is a huge no. huge property the, I mean, the this thing is going to close if if there's no antitrust issues or anything like that with the government we're right. looking at maybe the deal closing maybe this year right
2: So, right, and there's a couple of things, and my shout-out to Victoria Rose. That's her handle on Twitter because I love her, and she was one of the ones that called this out that this is it's accurate. There's a couple of things that, first of all, MGM's fiscal year ends June 30th, just on a normal, everyday, so just that alone is something that has to enter into this. And then on top of that, it should take about, just like the Fox deal with Disney, it will take about six to 10 months to finish the actual deal. Now, what's happened is what's called, it's a deal on paper, meaning they've signed contractual agreements for a certain amount of money. It's like a promissory note, essentially.
0: Yeah.
3: So they I
2: can promise,
0: all get to work.
2: That's right. I promised to pay this amount of money and you've agreed to give me these things for this amount of money. Now what's going to happen is multiple parallel paths are going to happen, obviously. And a lot, of, I, a lot of our fans are very savvy. They read a lot about what's happening in the industry. So I think that they've seen this, certainly with the Fox merger with Disney that's just happened, let alone Fox acquiring Lucasfilm and Marvel, let alone WarnerMedia being divested from at and last week to Discovery+. Nice. Plus. We're, we're reading a lot about how this happens. And I think what's going to be fascinating about this is twofold. So setting the context of what's happening in our industry, in the entertainment industry, it was a tectonic shift that was happening prior to COVID, meaning the technology, streaming, everything about streaming, the fact that you had not just Amazon and Netflix, but you had obviously on the back burner happening very quickly, the Peacock Channel, Discovery Plus, Disney, all of those. Besides those big BMS, you had enormous amounts of people who were starting to break off from those studios. And some of them were agencies, production companies who were saying, I can distribute my own content. Why am I coming to you? Right. And that was starting to be a massive tsunami within the industry where I was having meetings with people all the time where they were literally saying, okay, this is going to happen any minute. Yep. COVID hits, everything goes on a back burner. In many ways, that was a good thing for our industry and for the people that wanted to start something new because it gave everybody a chance to take a step back, take a breather and look and see what's effective. What do they really think is a good way to distribute their content? And remember, we've got, I'm going to use the word again, BMS that are in any any description other than how the United States government is going to actually assign it, they are monopolies. They own the content, the distribution channel, the marketing channel, the production channel. Now, in the old days, that would be an antitrust case. Because of the shift in the FCC and FTC, so Federal Communications Commission and the Federal Trade Commission, who run for the United States, all of the trade regulations and the communications, which is cable distribution streaming giants now, there's a lot of gray area. What's going to happen is that this deal is going, and the AT&T, is going to force everything to the front burner for the government. It's going to force them to say, is this really a monopoly or not? I just talked to contacts over at the Electronic Frontier Foundation yesterday and a couple of other friends. They say that the government is going to opt that this is not an antitrust issue, that these are not monopolies. What I truly think that this is going to do is you're going to have an enormous rise of independents, production studios, people who say, fine, I'm going to do this myself. And part of that is that Amazon buying MGM is because they are, as everybody knows, desperate for content. So that library, that IP, the franchises, and let's put bond to the side because it, it, it really isn't part of the conversation right now. Everybody gets excited about bond. Amazon would only own 50% of that. And yes.
0: So let's clarify on that point here, because I was under the impression that they were going to get everything from 1920 forward. And you're indicating here that that is, mm-hmm. that that is not the case.
2: No. So I was there, I was working uh, with MGM. <laughs> so this is going to date me. Um, I was <laughs> working with ABC and MGM in 1986. I had just entered the, the entertainment industry when Kirk Corian sold off the library to Ted Turner, Ted Turner, I put on a, full court press with him because obviously he had Turner classic movies and he had his channels right. and he wanted to give content. Turner bought the entire library from 1924 through 1986. So what Amazon just bought is everything post 1986.
0: Okay. So they don't right. have those classic films.
2: But there's a lot. And yeah. and I'm not kidding. I, and I've worked with him forever, but just so people know, I had to write it out just so I could remember <laughs> what, it is. God. So MGM <laughs> partnered up with United Artists Films years ago. They also bought Orion Films. They also bought uh, Annapurna, which is Larry Ellison's daughter who runs Annapurna Films. And then uh, I think New Line was part of that at one point as mm. well. So all of that goes to Amazon. Now, what could happen and what will probably happen is that some of those will be absorbed. Some of them will stay as their own shingles with called hanging your own shingle out under the parent company of Amazon Studios.
0: Yeah, because MGM itself, the name is not going away. No. It's still going to exist.
2: According to what's on paper, and I called over to my friend at Amazon and I said, okay, so as far as you know, is what they're reporting in Variety and AP accurate that MGM will continue to be its own brand identity under the Amazon Creative Studio, Yeah, like
0: Lucasfilm, like Marvel.
2: And they said yes. Okay. What is unclear is what happens to Mark Burnett's reality production company, what happens to Annapurna Films, what happens to uh, Orion, which is being run by John Hegeman and his brother, who had come from Blumhouse. So there's a lot of sub-brands that... We don't know what's going to happen with that. In addition to that, you've got film, television. And I know that some people probably don't know this, but MGM has a fairly small but active video game division. And then they've also got, um, obviously, their catalog. So all of those are split into very, very radically different silos. And what we were very lucky to be working with a group, Michael Brown, Simon Grady, Gary Barber, who was running it Mm -hmm. from, I can't remember now, 2012, Gary Barber came in when they filed for bankruptcy. Correct. And he turned MGM around and put it in the black. And Anchorage Capital, Kevin Ulrich, is the one who actually underwrites MGM. And they run it by a board of directors. So this is a huge offset for them. And and honestly, in the scheme of things, as an entertainment, uh, in theory, this is really good. Because you don't want to have a studio being run by a committee. Everybody knows that's not how you make good creative decisions. So you need to have people in charge of these. Now, they've got great people in charge of the different divisions right now. Michael Wright, who came over from Ethics, is in charge of scripted television. He is Phenomenal and just as a side note Was super supportive of Stargate So these people We hope, Michael DeLuca Who's in charge of film We want them, what we hope Is that they stay The fear is what happens With the Fox Disney merger where they stay for A year to two years and then they're slowly Pushed out That's the cynical part of me that says That's an option, that could happen And I think one of the biggest question marks I've got is how are they going to split it? Because Amazon studios and Amazon prime video are different silos. Mm. Now they're now going to be run by the same person, which is great. They brought uh, Jeff Bezos brought back in um, Jeff Blackburn who had been pushed out and he's phenomenally creative. He's so good. And the two people that are in charge of the actual studios, Mike Hopkins and Jennifer Salky, they Mike Hopkins was over at Fox when I was there at Fox Network. He's really smart, really creative. That group is a creative group. But you're part of a larger megalith, monolith, megasystem, whatever we megalith. I made up a new word. <laughs> and I think that my biggest question is: how are they going to divvy up catalog, new production, and new production TV, new production film? games. So I don't know how that's going to work. In a perfect world, let's use Stargate as the example. You have 370 hours of catalog. You have potential new shows that Brad and Joe have talked about very openly. Amazon, I would imagine, would be very interested in that considering prior to 2020, they were hot to trot on sci-fi fantasy franchises and were openly shopping for them. So in a perfect world, you have catalog streams, they keep their current contracts and those finish out. So those contracts worldwide would finish out for syndication and then it would be available on Amazon in its entirety. And then you launch a new show under Amazon creative studios that in a perfect world would happen with a lot of those like legally blonde and a pink Panther. The film is probably going to get the biggest focus first because Mm -hmm. Michael DeLuca very aggressively over the past two years through COVID acquired some phenomenal content and that Amazon has just gotten. So he has a great relationship with Sylvester Stallone for the Rocky franchise, the new Creed uh, with Michael B. Jordan, but he also just signed contracts with Darren Aronofsky, Paul Thomas Anderson. So he's got Michael DeLuca who's had a film has some phenomenal chops. And I would hope that they'd keep him to finish that out. Michael Wright just came over from Epix and was just getting started. So I think there's a little bit more question on the TV catalog side.
0: Wow. So there's a ton of irons in the fire that we're talking about here.
2: Yeah, there is a lot. And that's why it's going to take six to 10 months or more, honestly, to unravel that.
0: One of the uh, concerns that everyone is talking about is Bezos' comment that they want to reimagine. Uh, a lot of right. this content for the 21st century. And yeah. Reimagine can, it, for for our purposes, suggest a hard, complete reboot. Back to right. square one, like of, of Stargate. So wiping out SG-1, yeah. Atlantis Universe. Thoughts on this?
2: I, would, I wouldn't count much on that, either cynically or optimistically. One of the reasons is, is that and again, our fans are super savvy. They know how this goes. The PR teams at Amazon and MGM probably spent a month fine tuning these quotes. I don't know if everybody saw this, but that quote was not just attributed to Bezos, but it was also attributed to Mike Hopkins over at Amazon Studios and to somebody over at MGM. So Jesus. my guess is they were given that they were told, and I, because you and I remember this, because we were told certain things at events where we could only keep, and not that we paid a lot of attention to that, but <laughs> it's you're true. given certain phrases it's that you have correct. to say over and over and over Well, again. we okay, all have so, to be on
0: the same page. You know, right. that just and, makes sense.
2: Well, and Linda brought up a good point that AP probably had the most uh, expansive quote, which here, this brings up and brings us back to Bond. Bezos was saying that as a, as it applies to Bond. So there's a couple things there. Eon Productions owned by Barbara Broccoli Wilson and Michael Wilson, who I worked with for years when I worked on Bond. They own 50% of Bond. MGM only owns 50%. So So therefore Amazon. Exactly. It's an even split. So Amazon can't come in and say, we want to do a Bond TV show. So just to give a perfect anecdote for this, we pitched a Bond TV show for years and Barbara God bless her, because she has a very clear and honestly a very good vision for Bond was that it's theatrical, period. She didn't, not that she doesn't like TV and doesn't think that the limited series and some of the things that are happening right now are phenomenal. It's just that her goal is this is where it is, Mm -hmm. this is Bond, and every fan knows where they can find it, Mm -hmm. period.
0: It has a certain production budget to it. You know, there's just certain things that, like a lot of sci-fi has largely always been better on television particularly star trek stargate even though you know stargate the, a couple of the larger uh, productions like uh, arc of truth and continuum are great right. but it, it right. served best where it normally can well, be found
2: it's, especially with this fandom and i do want us to talk about that a little bit later sci-fi fandom as you and i know considering how much time we've now been one but also spent professionally in that world it is oftentimes better served by a series because you can give it time to grow and you know one of brad's biggest issues with starting universe is that really he only got time to get the exposition done if you were reading a book you would have gotten through the first 10 chapters that's it right so
0: and everyone says the last seven or eight of universe were the best there was because they were just getting into the the, the exactly. end of act one, beginning of act two.
2: That's exactly right. And Brad said that several times to you in interviews about that. Really, that was the exposition of a sci-fi novel, that if you were comparing it to Dune or anything else, look, I was only into the first 10 chapters. You know, it's like we haven't even gotten into the meat of where I wanted to go. But I think that's true for most sci-fi. I think that almost every sci-fi production I've ever worked on, fantasy, horror, that they Well, horror doesn't really count, because horror, you can, you can bang out a cheap direct-to-streaming, and it's great, and everybody loves it. But sci-fi fantasy does best when it's got that amazing character and world-building development. Yeah. And I think that Amazon becomes a good place for that, whereas, ironically, even though Bond was an Ian Fleming book series, how they picture it is that these are franchisable theatrical releases, and... Uh, I found it really funny that Barbara and Michael released a statement to Variety yesterday saying very clearly in response to Bezos's reimagining and new development storytelling. They, she said, we see Bond specifically in the theatrical world, in the theatrical setting, and that's what we want.
0: So they wanted to make like, that very crystal clear.
2: It like it was a neon sign that said, "This is what we're going to do and you don't get to really argue with me about this." But to go back to the reimagining and developing the high-quality storytelling. I mean, honestly, I laughed when I read that because it was I read it three different places from three different people. So Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it sounds it's it's a typical PR blurb. However, oh. but however, this is what I think is interesting. So, if you go back and you look at Amazon's plans pre-COVID. Bezos was very clear with the heads of the Amazon studios that he eventually wants Amazon studios to be his fourth pillar. So if you think about Amazon, you've got your marketplace, you've got the cloud computing, and then you've got Amazon Prime. He truly views the creative studios, and so does his board, as that fourth pillar. But he's very careful about how he's going to roll that out. So notice that he didn't he certainly had the opportunity to purchase several other studios in the past two years. There were talks on the table for him to purchase Apple, which would have been insane, but there were talks on the table for him to purchase the Warner brothers media that went to AT&T. So he's done his homework and what he decided to do. In fact, one of the other ones he was looking at was Lionsgate. So what he's looking at here is a very careful variable in his long-term equation. So what we have to do as fans, not just of Stargate, but of entertainment in general, is look at how is this going to best serve us as fans and will it serve the entertainment industry? And what I'm hearing from the entertainment business side, so I called a friend over at Bloomberg who's a Bloomberg journalist. It was a radically different take from my friend over at The Wrap who writes entertainment news. It was two separate ends of the spectrum. So Bloomberg, this was his quote from Steelhouse Advertising. They're gonna, advertisers are going to love the deal because it puts Amazon firmly and studios in the AVOD advertising video on demand, meaning ad-supported industry. It doesn't move Amazon up the food chain particularly. But what it does, and this is Bezos' long-term thinking, is that it gets him in the entertainment industry without biting off more than he can chew, keeps the advertisers happy because he'll do ad-supported. He'll do both subscription and ad-supported. So So commercials we're talking about. Right, so for fans, uh, we all know streaming is subscription service. That's called, it used to be called SVOD. It's now just called subscription services or subscription streaming. We still use ad-supported or AVOD, advertising video on demand. So
0: you're talking or, like Hulu.
2: Exactly. Okay. So you can now Hulu, you can also do a straight subscription. Live right. TV you have the choice. No, right. Exactly. So what Bloomberg is looking at is they're saying from a business industry standpoint, this is super savvy and it has from Amazon and MGM's capital investors. This was an incredibly smart move because what this does is it offsets all of MGM's remaining debt Their content goes somewhere that they know the catalog is going to be safe. Amazon's not going to sell it off, which was one of the dangers with two of the other suitors that had come to the table. They're not splitting production and catalog. Again, that was a huge danger with a couple of the suitors that had come up for MGM. From a business standpoint for Amazon, this starts to build towards that fourth pillar that Bezos wants. Now, what I found highly hilarious was my friend over at The Wrap, she was saying, Okay, this could be a total disaster. <laughs> it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> we no. How's this now work? How? Yeah. Well, because what they're afraid of from the entertainment side is you have a tech giant who is also, let's quite honestly, a commerce giant. So now suddenly you have the Federal Communications Commission and the FTC Trade Commission both weighing in on entertaining content. So, for freedom of content, this could be a massive shift in the industry, and I had not thought about it like that at all. Can you and explain my, that? So, Amazon is ultimately a commerce company, right? Now, entertainment industry is as well, but they would—that's not how they sell themselves. They sell themselves as content first, commerce second. Okay. There was a huge shift in the early '90s where a lot of um, and. Please forgive me if there are any cpas or anybody out there but bean counters who bought studios as opposed to creative leads that bought studios so for instance anchorage capital buying MGM. now the beautiful thing there was kevin ulrich who runs it is a diehard entertainment love so he brought ua back but that's not true for everybody bezos is ultimately a bottom line guy uh-huh. And if this becomes something that comes under his marketplace, as opposed to just the studios, who starts to regulate that? Who's in charge of the regulation? Is it Motion Pictures Association? Is it the FCC? Or is it FTC because you're streaming across federal boundaries? That's a massive potential conflict. Who regulates? Who dictates what the content is okay? Now I truly do not see this as being a disaster. I see this as, this is my personally, blowing open what I was starting to see as being a very monolithic industry. What I think this is is a opportunity for so many people in the world who have, like yourself, who are creative, who have access, who are fans, to create their own content and have an opportunity to work with somebody like Amazon or somebody else to distribute it themselves. I talk to a lot of people who are independent production companies. They see this as an enormous opportunity. They see this as this is finally the shift that they wanted to see happen. The fact that at and was smart enough to say, we can't handle this. We, I mean, in essence, what they said was, we have bit off more than we could chew. We're going to give this to Discovery+. Plus. Wow, And that's the behind the scenes conversation that happened with that. So I think from a content creation, from a fandom standpoint, it means we're going to have more choices. From a business standpoint, it's extremely smart for Bezos and MGM. From an entertainment industry standpoint, there is some nervousness about what this means from a regulation and independent content standpoint.
0: What, how do you think Stargate is going to be? served by this?
2: So it was interesting to me. I went and I looked at which articles and which sources actually quoted Stargate or brought Stargate up. Uh-huh. Of course, all the sci-fi ones did. Of course, was yeah, it's our bread and butter. Me, exactly. What I was interested was Slash Film, CNN, Wall Street Journal, and one other all mentioned Stargate. The rap, obviously, the entertainment. Bloomberg and several others didn't bring it up. Until the podcast by Bloomberg brought up Stargate. So what was interesting to me is it was mentioned in the same groups as the Rocky, Legally Blonde, etc. Vikings franchises. So when it was listed, it would be Handmaid's Tale, Vikings, Stargate. So to me, if there's enough of the business and entertainment side that are calling Stargate out as a established, I I won't say tentpole because nobody said that, but an established franchise within the opportunities, which is what they did. It wasn't just, okay, well, you've got 370 hours of content in the catalog. Isn't that great? In every single case, it was, you have 370 hours of content plus the opportunity for more storytelling.
0: Right. So they're not just saying, okay, let's milk what exists. Milk, 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 milk. You know, it's like, what can we do now, what can we do next?
2: Right. Now, okay. what's, what's most likely to happen is the same thing that happened with some of the Fox Disney murders. So let's think about Marvel. It took a year to two years for something new to come out of Disney. Um, I think Lucasfilm in one way, I, I would never say that MGM was Lucasfilm, but it does have a lot of parallels in the sense that there's a lot of people who have very invested heart and soul in these franchises and storytelling on the MGM side. And I think if if Amazon does what it's promised on paper, which is that MGM will be its own standalone shingle underneath the Amazon Creative Studios, then there is a strong possibility. I won't say probability that this, again, blows up the creativity opportunity here for MGM, for Stargate, for any of the franchises, for new content, for people to pitch new stories. So I. I think that the cynicism could be strong, I, I won't I won't ignore that. I think that, that cynicism has a place right now in what's going it's, on.
0: It's the a healthy dose of it is not yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We can't but, get just deluded and
2: oh yay, here we go. No, no, and we and honestly, I don't think any Starkate fan is like that. Well, anymore at this
0: point, no. We,
2: we've been screwed so many times. I think we're just at the point where it's like, Well, okay, we'll see what happens.
1: But
0: here comes the next bust. I,
2: I'm you know, fast yeah. I know exactly. I'm fascinated to see twofold how this affects mgm's existing content production new content that i know is on the back burner and then also how it affects the industry in general and i i want to i'm gonna hope for the best because what i i truly do believe that if we can blow these things open these things meaning the the monoliths studios that have gotten, had gotten prior to 2017, 2016, had gotten very comfortable Mm -hmm. and had gotten very comfortable in their routine of how to do things. And Netflix and Amazon and Hulu basically disrupted, not to use a phrase that is overused, but they did. They disrupted that entire flow from concept creation to distribution. So how does this affect that? And I think the opportunities are huge this does not the fox merger with disney depressed me <laughs> i'll be honest that was, was really like, hard
0: for me. Really?
2: It was like really i'm gonna take over the world ha.
0: you know i mean that's exactly. really what it felt like is like that's what it felt no, like. this is too much
2: this is too it, much you know it just was not and i knew i knew from the start from what i had talked with people internally that fox was going to be sublimated that it was just going to be subsumed by disney Man. um i mean you look at searchlight It's its own shingle, but they just pushed Nancy Utley out. And I just, it's devastating. I don't get the impression, and we got that impression with the Fox merger immediately. I don't hear any of that with this. So I'd like to say that that's that's the direction we want to be hopeful with. We know that Brad has a good relationship with Amazon. We know that uh, Michael Wright, who is the head of scripted TV, I know that he has been very supportive of Stargate in the past, mm. so none of those people are going anywhere. They're All, all of these current people are going to go over to the creative studios, so we'll see what happens. Here's, the, here's what I wanted to bring up about fandom. A year ago, during COVID, I was contacted by Amazon to apply for the head of fandom development for Lord of the Rings. Now, it didn't work out. I didn't get a chance to, 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 I interviewed twice, but they didn't want any, they wanted somebody in LA even during COVID. What was fascinating to me, and I think that this is pertinent to us, Amazon is slowly becoming very aware of how crucial audience development and fandom development is. The fact that they hired, as far as I know from, because I know who got hired, they hired a full team to just, focus on the fans of Lord of the Rings. They are spending $465 million on that season one. Exactly. So they have an entire team that's just dedicated to the fandom for that franchise that bodes well. Now, maybe they just hire an MGM team that focuses on fandom, but it bodes well for how they want to go forward, treating franchise material that has a dedicated fandom. They're listening. And it's not just Lord of the Rings. It's several other franchises so that again gives me hope that they're going to do a good thing and use this opportunity to really move forward. The reimagining, I wouldn't put too much weight on that. I think we need to be realistic that yeah. they could reboot it completely. But again, I go back to what they're doing with Lord of the Rings is working with all the people who developed that particular universe. They didn't. Dump the people who had developed the current universe. Well, that's it's, and it sounds like what you're saying is
0: that you know, in hiring a t- uh, a, a team of people to to cultivate the fan base, not mm-hmm. only are they interested in 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 extent because I know that they've said for for Lord of the Rings they want to make it a global success. Yes. It has to be yes. for the amount of money that they're pouring into it for yes. that show to it 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 can't just work in the West. It has to work mm-hmm. everywhere, and I understand that. But it also yeah. suggests to me what you're saying with this, with with spending all this money on on building a fandom team, is that they're also interested in retention of the current. That's families. exactly right. And for most that's of exactly us, right. retention means respect for the existing continuity.
2: That is exactly it. Okay. And I think that's. I think that that is not. Uh, I wouldn't hang my hat on it because honestly, there's too many questions. There's too Correct. many variables but i was blown away by the interviews that i had and who i talked to over there about how they wanted to handle it and it was honestly it was a dream job it, they want to do it the right way now how that ha- you know when you're hired and it's a dream job and what the reality is are often very different things but you know i i think that there is good relationships there with franchises who have strong fan bases And I think that they are learning that this is the way to do it is in baby steps, not not take over a franchise and tell a fandom. Mm -hmm. You go to the fandom, you talk to them. What are you looking for? And then you do it. And they did that with The Expanse to a certain degree, too.
0: Yeah, I think that The Expanse, in my mind, and this is a show that I've not seen yet. I'm I'm waiting for it to finish, and then I'm going to mow it all down. Yeah, I know I'm 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 bad that way. That's not the way to sell a show. I'll just wait for it all to be done, then I'll watch it. No, no, I get it though, especially with binging. But they took what had been done elsewhere extremely well, and they said, "Okay, let's drive it home," and that's Mm -hmm. what they're doing with this. And I think if if any IP that has had success on Amazon. can point now to or Stargate can point to rather it's right. to the expanse. I'm yeah. excited about that.
2: I absolutely. And I think a lot of people, I, I know it's used in the meetings in the pitch meetings it's used all the time. So I think it's, it is a fan recognized, but also a creator and showrunner recognized uh, parallel. Yep. So it, it works well.
0: Darren Sumner over at gate world hammered out a, a, an amazing article. Amazon is buying MGM. What does this mean for the Stargate franchise? He published it yeah. uh, two days ago. Man, this man can write.
2: Yeah. Jeez. It was a it was a great article.
0: One of the things that he brings up that, uh, and I'll address a couple of points on it, but one of one of the bigger ones that I think is exciting is that no more. I'm in country X. I have to wait till X date before I can see the show. Because X right. Place has gotten it first because of XYZ. How we're many times about did global... you and I
2: have to deal with that?
1: I mean, every honestly. single
0: country, it's like, okay. So there's so okay, yep. so this country has those rules. And I mean it was one of those things with Stargate Command, it's like what we had yeah. six, seven countries, and everyone was else yeah. was like, WTF guys, why yeah. can't we get this? And it's like
2: it's rightly so.
0: Yeah. And now we're it's going to a place where it's going to potentially have a global Yes. audience right out of the gate whenever the next yeah. thing comes up because we know something will come eventually it's well, just a matter th- of time
2: th- right and one thing i will say just to again i loved your uh, calibrating expectations so when amazon does this they have to abide by the existing contracts so some contracts with distrib- with distributors and streamers within territories will have to be abided by until they finish that won't happen across the board, but just so everybody has that balanced uh, expectation, what's going to happen is Amazon takes all of MGM's current contracts. Remember, you know, they're one of the reasons they wanted to finish this deal was the be done before June 30th. Right. So they now Amazon and MGM take a step back and there's a massive review of all existing contracts with all vendors, all distributors, all subscribers, um, and all uh, we don't call it syndication anymore, but just to use an old term, syndication contracts. So that would mean anything that MGM had. And remember, Mark Burnett's company is a whole separate—that's
0: a whole other limit, thing.
2: It's six hundred pound gorilla. But let's just take *Handmaid's Tale*. You know, it's distributed on Hulu currently. So there are current contracts that have to finish out before right. that would go to Amazon. So if I think what's going to happen if you get a new show if we get a new date, the initial would obviously stream in all territories. What would be different is what deals on the 370 hours from the previous seasons and the two movies, how are those deals going to be brokered and changed? So just, it's one of the reasons why we all complain about, well, why was that on Amazon and now it's on Netflix and now it's on Hulu and where is it? And yeah, where do you find it? Country. You
0: know? Yeah.
2: That'll stop. And I think, Darren brought up a great point about, yeah, it's on a subscription service. And that's, I get it. That is a huge issue for a lot of people. I'm hoping that what Amazon's going to be looking at as they do this is, can they look at an ad supported model like Hulu? And I go back to what Bloomberg was saying, is that in absorbing MGM, it's going to force them to look at an ad supported model because you cannot force... Uh, especially South American countries who are some of our biggest, biggest supporters or Germany or Japan to do a subscription service for something that they don't even allow in country and territory. So correct, they're going, going to, to have to an- think
0: about it another way.
2: Exactly. So it'll be, at, or maybe it'll be something I don't even know yet that they'll come up with, but um, I'm hoping that what will happen is that that's what they'll shift to, which will allow pretty much an open gates to everything that we. I didn't mean to make that pun, but open, uh, I, I honestly didn't, uh, to have it open to everybody immediately for the 370 hours catalog, but also whatever new show happens.
0: Is there a possibility remotely that Amazon could air a new Stargate online and also on broadcast television in certain countries?
2: sure because what they'll do if they can look and again i think that this is part of this new world order that's happening is that this is a tectonic shift in not just the entertainment industry but tech industries commerce how do you become a distributor as well as a creator of content when you are a e-commerce platform all intents and purposes yeah they now, sell
0: soap and and I you know mean, plush toys and tvs
2: they well and obviously they've been doing prime video for a while and yeah that has be- and that became his third pillar and creative studios is going to be his fourth bezos fourth pillar so to do that you can't blow up the existing system he doesn't have the power to do that as much as we all make fun of him that you know I loved somebody's comment that he's the new Bond villain, but he's actually saving Stargate. Someone's comment in the YouTube comments.
0: But <laughs> I
2: think he can't blow up the existing distribution system. Broadcast networks exist for a reason still to this day. Mm-hmm. With all of the streaming and all the subs- subscription services, broadcast networks, I oh God, I think it's something like, just in the United States, it's anywhere from 38 to 44% of TV watching still get it from free networks. Wow. So they're not, they're not going to throw that out the window. And then worldwide, it's even more. So especially in places like Mexico and other that are huge audiences. And one of the biggest players in that is Mark Burnett. So there's no way Bezos is going to play with that. That is bread and butter money that is, you know, those reality programs. And of course, Burnett was aggressive also over the past two years during COVID very quietly. He um, absorbed a Spanish company, Spanish uh, distribution channel. So, you know, these guys have all been very quietly in the background doing the things that they know will make a difference in a global franchise, for global franchises, but in global distribution.
0: Wow. Okay. Now, one of the other uh, points that Darren was bringing up and i wanted to harken back to if i can find it here is that you know we have with a lot of different franchises there's a a lot of different levels of development happening Mm -hmm. and i think one of the points if they choose to take advantage of it is that brad has been developing this thing brad wright has been developing another stargate idea for what two years now So they could choose to go back. They were still there. Right. They could choose to go back to the well. But I mean, if you want to fast track something, why not go with Brad Wright's idea?
2: I don't think it's a bad idea. And again, Brad's got a good relationship with Amazon. I think everything hinges on two or three things. One, who comes over from MGM. So if Michael Wright, who's in charge of scripted television, comes over um, my, my impression and certainly what I've heard is that he's got a really good relationship with Amazon that, uh, I, and like I said, I know that he supported Stargate very strongly when he was at Epix. So I, I don't know how that's going to work. And that's part of the problem is that, you know, this is exciting. This is crazy news. And then we're all on hold for 10 months. So <laughs> Or you know, honestly, and I don't, I don't mean to be unhelpful, but it could be in two months we hear, oh yeah, they're fast-tracking it. So you just don't know. I, I think that this, not as a Stargate fan, so I'm speaking as content producer, mm-hmm. it makes the most sense from Amazon's point of view, which is why I like Amazon as the buyer, to fast-track what Brad already has. They've got a great relationship with him. They trust him they're looking for new sci-fi because expanse is going to finish so therefore what they're you know and they i forget what it was the one that they tried last year and it it, with katie sackoff it didn't do well so i think what they're looking for is a good franchise and there is for amazon no better way to do it than to have something that has existing catalog that is a cash cow for them so i don't know though if they will prioritize stargate because regardless of how strong our fan base is, it's still only around 350,000 to 500,000 active fans worldwide, Correct. which is amazing for a 20-some-odd-year-old show. But it's important non- to keep
0: that perspective against something like Star, uh, Star Trek or Wars.
2: Right. And I, I'm not denigrating, because to the fact that it's three hundred fifty to 500,000 is insane. Now, when we did a, and I think you'll remember, so when Kyla did the really in-depth worldwide research we came up with, I think she and Karen came up with one to 3 million fans would actually be, or plus would actually be up for this because we do have an entirely new generation. Yeah. And that, as we know, and as everybody that's, that we've met has told us that is an active fan base that would love to have a new show. And I think it's probably in many ways less picky about what that show is, but I don't know where amazon's going to put stargate in the level of priority of what they've bought
0: that's the one of the bigger questions
2: yeah it's there's a lot of active projects that are in development that several of the people that we used to work with are currently working on and so i think those may be a priority Mm -hmm. however they were talking with brad it was on the table so i it could be considered an active project i don't know that i have no clue
0: so Brad may already have theoretically um some more information that we don't on this then. Right. Okay. And I
2: and I'm not I'm not asking here Joe because I don't want to put them in that per, that position no. because that's one of those no. things especially when you're in the middle of a deal like this that it's they could know they might not know, but to be honest, they couldn't tell me regardless or anybody no. because well you're
0: it's making a all... great if you're making a great meal you don't want to turn this uh, on the stove you don't want to turn the burner off you know exactly. just keep doing your thing
2: just, and we will sit at the table and try to wait patiently <laughs> and guess, hey, and, guess, you know, and guess what's gonna happen what's the meal so I you know I, I think Darren's point is spot on. And not, again, not as a Stargate fan, but as a producer, if I was looking at what was in front of me, and what I had for choices, knowing how sci-fi fans are, and, and here's, oh, this is what I was going to bring in. Here's the kicker. Amazon has an existing star, um, sorry, sci-fi fan base. So I would probably prioritize it. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I would prioritize it over Legally Blonde and some other things, because you're looking at This was the kicker for me. Year over year, Prime Video had a 70% increase in subscribers through COVID. That's
0: ridiculous. I've never seen
2: that number in my life. No. Well, this was
0: unprecedented. We're talking about uh, uh, every 100 years, uh, you know, situation.
2: Exactly. And attrition, and they talked about the attrition. But even with attrition after COVID, which is, you know, now we're starting to get back into real life. And so, especially going into summer, those numbers are going to drop. Yeah but they still only had about a 20% attrition. So that means year over year they had a 50% plus subscriber rate that stayed. That's insane. So I I and Disney Plus didn't do as well. So that that news just came out on Monday. And I think if Amazon's looking at who do we already have a fan base that was really with us during COVID, you'd look at StarGate and say this is low-hanging fruit. This is easy. We have somebody, it's the universe He's got something already. We have a sci-fi base that's going to want something new. One of our shows just failed. We need something to fill in there. This would be low-hanging fruit. And here's, here's one really big thing from a Stargate fan point of view. Amazon will spend the money. Right. So the very thing that MGM couldn't do for a variety of reasons, it's a small studio... It wasn't gonna be able to spend seven to $10 million per episode. It just was never gonna be able to do well, that.
0: Well, the they were getting ready for this after chapter 11. Yeah. You and I have been talking yeah. for years. This years. is what they're planning for. They're not going to spend right. tens of millions on a Stargate origins or something like that. Yeah. Not when they're no. trying to fatten the thing up for right. an auction.
2: That's right, exactly. So. And, it's, and I give the people who were internally with us credit for trying to do that because they truly wanted to have that be its own standalone. I mean, the plan was that that would have been its standalone separate from whatever sale happened. But, you know, I think what's great about this is that Amazon more even than Netflix has deep pockets for spending on creative concepting and production. What I've liked about Amazon is they've been very careful about where they've decided to spend that money. Netflix spent $7 billion last year. Like, write the check. <laughs> I mean, Jeez. I, I watch a lot of their shows. I love a lot of their stuff. But there was a lot of direct extra, you know, stuff yeah. that could have probably just been bypassed.
0: Yeah. What Amazon so, and Apple are doing, they're creating these genre programs. This, and they are being strategic about where they are sticking that money
2: And they're sticking
0: it in some really, really good spots.
2: Exactly. And I think that that's encouraging from our point of view as fans.
0: Yeah, exactly. Are there any other points that you absolutely want to hit before I start bringing fans into the conversation?
2: Okay, let me look at my notes because they're crazy notes. Um... No. I think we Oh, no, no, wait. No, wait. I have one more. Okay. I have one more. Okay. This is something I thought was huge. So I was listening to uh, Slash Films daily podcast and they had a whole podcast just about this. So I want to give credit to Ben Pearson over there. And he said that let's remember that Disney bought Fox, not just for its catalog, but for its actual property value in Century City, Mm -hmm. for its studio lot. There are plans for that to roll into Walt Disney Parks and Recreation. MGM is its own brand identity. They just had a rebranding done. Amazon Creative Studios does not have a brand right now. It does not have a brand identity. And I thought this was a great point that one of the things that should be so encouraging for MGM fans of the film and television that, that was bought from 86 on, is that Amazon bought MGM, not just as a commerce deal for its catalog, to shove off into some silo, but because it's MGM UA, it has cachet in the entertainment industry. It is an old school film and television leader, titan. And when you hear MGM UA, you think creative, you think artists, you think talent, regardless of what's been going on for the past decade. That Mm -hmm. is what you always used to think. And Ben Pearson made this point. Amazon was not looking to buy something like Fox. In fact, Amazon was never at the table for Fox. So therefore, what they're looking to do is buy a brand identity that helps establish this fourth pillar of a film television silo. And I think that that bodes well for all of us as fans. Wow,
0: wow. Thank you for your uh, analysis. This is uh, tremendous, and it's given us a lot. You kidding? I love this stuff. This is why I have you on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This This is this is why I am in this business. I absolutely think that this is the Wild West. I didn't think in my career, after having gotten to go through the Internet Wild West frontier and be a part of it, that I'd get to see another one, and I get to see two in my career in my lifetime. Yeah, that's pretty legit.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, so let me see here. a second tracy are you there can you hear me
1: yeah i can hear you
0: uh do you want to go through uh, and ask some of these to jenny or do you want me to have you been oh
1: i can ask a couple if you like yes please Um, and
0: be sure to mention who's uh, submitted them
1: i will there are many questions moderator tracy Um, everyone (laughs) so um claire cowan and william aarons would like to know your thoughts on whether or not the new franchise would be um, filmed in Canada or the United States.
2: (laughs) Um, That's a great question. You know, when we were working at MGM, it was more likely to be in Canada because of the tax film and tax TV credits. So there's a massive credit still for filming in Vancouver. Um, I think it depends on who they go with. If they go with Brad or Joe as a showrunner, then I think quite frankly that they would film in Canada. If they decide to go with a showrunner that's down here, they might try to keep it more close to home. Um, you know, Amazon has shot pretty much globally wherever the showrunner was.
0: Okay, so the showrunner is typically where the, okay.
2: And where you get the best credits, the tax credits. That's going to mean a lot, especially post-COVID. Uh, Everything's about to change, the, yeah. Yeah, and territories around the world are offering massive tax credits. New Mexico is offering an enormous tax credit to people to shoot there. So I think it just depends.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, Jeremy would like to know, um, would MGM be, um, since they've been, or going to be bought by Amazon, um, will that affect the upcoming Stargate game that was just announced? Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it won't.
2: What's going to happen is, like we were talking about earlier, is that Amazon buys the current contracts out. So the contract they have will be finished to finish this game.
0: Along with their debt. Yeah. All of MGM. I mean,
2: honestly, this this is like I said, it's a small but active video game division, and they are very passionate. The guys who are running it are amazing, and I, I love them. They are Stargate fans, number one. They are passionate and experienced in the video game area of development um, that are internal at MGM. So I'm hoping that that just rolls over. Um, like I said, part of the problem is the next six to ten months, we don't know who they're going to take of the MGM execs and, and absorb into Amazon Studios. But contracts are contracts. So what would happen is they finish out that contract. What would happen is does it roll over? Right. Does it get
0: thing. renewed? Or yeah. 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 So some people. I mean, you know, this the thing. You and I have been, you know, talking with our friends internally at MGM. You know. Yeah. Uh, they are all rightfully scared. You know what, what's what's going to happen mm-hmm. next? Am I going to get you know my walking papers at a certain point? Is this you know right, is there exactly. a, a place for me in this new monolith? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: so, and I you know redundancy is the worst word ever, and unfortunately with synergy the words, is the worst
0: word ever. But go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that is
1: true.
2: But I think you know, for a lot of our friends, I think. <laughs> Some of them were saying, So things are burning down around me, and yeah. I will be talking to you in a week. So, you know, nobody knows, unfortunately,
1: yeah.
0: from the soup line. Yeah, so we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, Teresa MC, how much merchandising will be involved with Amazon in charge? Do you, <laughs> <have> any-
2: <laughs> you know, and that's a key question. So, license and merchandising was taken over by an amazing mm-hmm. guy who was at Fox for years, and he took over and in- was it 2018, 2017? I can't remember. Um, And there's some amazing people in MGM's licensing and merchandising. However, what is most likely is that the creative studios will create its own license, if it hasn't already, and I actually didn't look this up, its own license and merchandising division. So it is unlikely that the Amazon commerce marketplace will run it, because that just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. What you usually want is you want your licensing and merchandising division and silo to have its own division to have its mm-hmm. own p&l basically profit and loss so i think what's more likely is they absorb more franchises like mgms and create their own um, for instance the lord of the rings one that is a massively complicated deal with warner brothers about merchandising so i think it's going to come out of creative studios What's most likely is they'll have their own l&m division that are specifically for tv and film and video game franchises but who knows you know, it can all go under commerce for all I know. Good.
1: Um, how about one from Marcia Middleton? Um, how limit- Marcia? <laughs> She's here. Um, how limiting as far as worldwide audience is the fee based Amazon streaming platform? Mm. So
2: it's interesting. Uh, we worked directly with some people over at the in the Amazon UK division and. It used to be much more limiting. They've blown it out and they legitimately spent a lot of COVID restructuring the the subscription service. I go back to, I think what's going to happen is that there's going to be some real sit downs about whether or not the ad supported base is going to be a way to go for them. So I think what they're, what's most likely going to happen from what I've heard is that Amazon will offer tiers. And this is something that MGM had wanted to do for years and just couldn't do. So you will have like Hulu does, you'll have, a full Amazon prime video and Amazon subscription service. You'll have um, the middle of the road where you can pick and choose, you know, currently you can pick and choose what channels you want. So it may be that they start having an MGM channel that has the catalog on it. I don't know how they're going to organize it, but I think they're going to tear it out. They're going to have, I get everything I can pick and choose my own packages, or I'll just go with ad supported. Now they don't currently do a, a lot of ad supported in territories, um, and one of the things that Amazon does really well that, that both Darren and David mentioned earlier is that they have global contracts in place that they worked very hard during 2020 to clean up, to make more consistent across all territories. But that fee-based structure is going to be a problem in some territories who don't, like Australia, has got very strict regulations about mm-hmm. fee-based structures for streaming services. So I think... Uh, And so does Germany. So I think what's going to happen is you're going to see the divvy up into what's called the 12 big territories, which is, you know, the EU, Australia, Japan, and you go through all, it's called LATAM. Um, So Latin American, and then you have Mexico, Brazil is separate. And I think what's going to happen is that Amazon's going to do what it currently does, which is this has, it has what's considered a global parent structure for the territories. And then those individual countries will negotiate within that, that parent contract. So what we hope will happen is that there'll be those tiers where you can have just ad supported you get whatever you want, but you have to watch a lot of ads. You've got your pick and choose package and then you have full, I get everything package. That's what I'm hearing people would like to have. And what Bloomberg was talking about is that they see this being an, an ad supported opportunity for Amazon immediately.
0: Yeah. You can select your own experience, you know, yeah. how do you want to give back to continuing to make the show work. That's
2: right, and that's what they currently have to a certain degree. So, if you want Brickbox or if you want Hallmark Channel, if you you can even, I mean, what Amazon wants to do ultimately is be an aggregator. So they are your one stop shop instead of your cable provider, your direct TV provider. Amazon provides your CBS, your Peacock, your Discovery Plus, your Disney. Now, Disney will never do it, but. That's what they want to do. And then you can put together the package of what you want the way you want it. Mm. That's currently how they offer it of what they've got, of the channels they've got. I think that's going to continue worldwide.
1: Okay, Okay. Um, this is a really popular question for uh, both you and David. do you think fan fiction like the campaign to save the expanse to get Amazon's attention is needed? And, um, is it necessary? And what do you recommend that we can all do to effectively raise our voices? This mm-hmm. comes from Scotty0709, Marsha Middleton, Gab Redux. Thanks, Everybody guys. wants to know. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah,
0: I noticed a, a change.org uh, petition already existing for ha- to, for yeah. Amazon to recognize the existing canon. I myself reached out to one of the uh, producers of the TV series, and I said, okay, what do you think about this tweetstorm idea? And they responded, let's hang on. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's get the lay of the land first and go forward from there. But that yeah. was his and take. Would, what's, what's yours?
2: I would agree. I think, well, number one, I think it's needed. One, no, number two, the timing of it is going to be important. And I think right now they're distracted with the business of the deal. So Amazon isn't really, even the creative studios guys are not going to really pay attention to that. And it wouldn't have the impact. It would be shouting into a void right now. What you want to do is watch and see when the shift happens. And what you want to do is read the rap, Deadline Hollywood, um, Bloomberg News. So what you want to be looking for is the entertainment industry news about when that shift happens from the promissory note paperwork to, okay, we're now shifting people over from MGM to Amazon Studios. That point, when those decisions start to be made. So, for instance, the upfronts have already happened for 21-22. So forget it. Digital upfronts have happened. Streaming up fronts have happened. So, you know, honestly, 2022 is probably not going to happen. Or if it does, it'll be just something that starts in that year. What you want to look at is, would this be set? well, first of all, take, take some direction from Brad and Joe, because they are connected, they are talking to MGM they are talking to people at Amazon, so I would definitely take direction from them. Okay. Secondly, there is no question in my mind that it's needed. So, absolutely, one hundred percent, a fan-led campaign is important. It's crucial. What I would recommend is that you do something with a consortium because we have an enormous amount of influence when several of the fan uh, organizations come together. So, if it's Gate World, Stargate Now, Stargate Now EU. Um, we could ask the companion app to help. What you should do is have an entire consortium of these fans come together. You'll be more powerful to show it all at once. Now, I don't, I don't know if there's someone who can do that because obviously these are all volunteer right. fandoms. But it might be something where you know, David, you and I and Darren could put together something to help people put a whole campaign together.
0: Mm-hmm. I Joseph think, Malazzi, things like that, ex- you know. Exactly. He's, he's got and an think, enormous fan base.
2: I think that's going to be huge. Yeah. Do not have one-offs because what that's going to show is that you don't have a consolidated base. Yeah. We need to show that there's a consolidated base, which there is. So GateCon, you know, there are massive- uh, Will and David Lindbergh Will Ross and David Lindbergh pull all of these together- into one consortium, quote unquote. Those are the Calma
0: guys, by the way.
2: Exactly. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Calma guys. Um, That probably has the best bet. And there's several ways you can do it. Online is good, but also San Diego Comic-Con is going to be live and LA Comic-Con are going to be live. And I realize this is California-centric, so I apologize, in November, December this year. Um, Maybe this is something that we go to Legion M and propose something to work with them on. That's where you need to try to give it structure, a consolidated structure. But to answer the baseline, not right now, keep an eye on the news. What you want to do is look for when Joe and Brad start to make noise about, hey, guys, we're having talks. Um, Or when you hear Michael Wright, who's head of scripted development, is now ensconced over at Amazon Studios. That's where they will be able to focus and start to spend time on what are the shows that they want to put on their plate.
0: Yeah. I think that this is probably the most clippable moment from this entire discussion right here. If anyone wants to take that specific time code where we have the start of that conversation and click that YouTube link and send it over to the various fan sites, this cannot be understated. Right now, if you are shouting out for Amazon to get bring Stargate back the way that most fans want it. You really are mm-hmm. shouting into a void. We have yeah. to consolidate and make sure that the when the time is right, when they're paying attention for this, right, that we execute it then.
2: And I will say it could be a month from now, it could be a year from now. Yeah. I have no clue and I will sh- I will be sure to be keeping an eye on it myself, obviously just because I'm vested professionally and personally with Stargate, but I wouldn't want to see people make an effort that's lost. And I say that with personal experience. So, yeah. oh, sorry about that. Hello. Oh, sorry, <laughs> it's gonna run. Right? Um, sorry, I have to hold for one second.
0: Sure, it's all right. <laughs> so, Tracy, you doing good? I am. Perfect. I appreciate Questions you doing are this. Awesome. Absolutely, <laughs> and thanks so much to everyone who submitted. We started off with seventy-five, and we're now nearly at three hundred and fifty. Uh, concurrent viewers, so uh, Jenny, we need to have you on more often, because uh, you know, A, we love oh you, but gosh. B, you know, you, you, you make us, you make it, you make a very nebulous, abstract thing makes so much more sense.
2: Oh, so. thank you! I appreciate it, sorry, I was just letting them know I was still on. Um, thank you, I love, I love it. I Obviously, I love the industry, I love what I do, I'm very, very blessed to have that, but um, this is near and dear to my heart, this is not just personal, this is professionally near and dear to my heart. Yep. So.
1: Okay, so if we're ready for another question, Pete um, yes. Jarvis would like to know uh, what your thoughts are. Um, is there a higher chance that this is going to be a reboot or an extension of the established franchise?
2: Yeah, you know, I got to say, honestly, I have no clue because the 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 decision makers at Amazon have been very open to existing franchises and very open at creative studios to what that means to the fandom and the audience development. Mm. Um, I think MGM, certainly the people, Steve Stark and Michael Wright uh, that are in um, the scripted development, were very open to staying within the universe. But like I said earlier, I, I have high hopes, but I need to have pragmatic expectations that I think if there is a franchise that has the best option, it is Stargate. Amazon's looking for sci fi. They aren't stupid. They have a desperate need to fill their pipeline with existing content. And what better way to do that than to have 370 hours that leads into a new show? Exactly. So I think it's the one of the, like I said, I, I absolutely think that Amazon was the best suitor at the table if we had to be sold. I think and we, I'm not MDM anymore to be sold, but it doesn't mean that you can't have people that have to make a bottom line decision that they can't spend that much per episode on something new right now. So I don't know.
1: Okay, awesome. Here's a great one for you, Jenny. Um, Stargap Stargate would like to know if there is any intentions to bring back Stargate command. So hi. Um,
2: I think that's Gary. So hi, Gary. no unfortunately there's not so there's two reasons it was um the stargate command platform was an amazing experiment that was done by a very specific group of people internally at mgm who were trying to use stargate as the springboard to create a streaming service and it was with some people actually over at epics that helped build it yep but um unfortunately because mgm as a studio was just not strong enough to be able to support something like that. Because you look at the effort that Peacock, Discovery, and Disney have to go through just to get theirs. MGM wasn't big enough to do that. Um, I, you know, It was an amazing experience. And I was literally the luckiest person in the world to be asked to be part of that team. But unfortunately, no, I, there are no plans. I think that that, that that ship has sailed. Now, how Amazon handles this, it is possible And I know that this was a conversation at one time with Amazon UK that they would do a Stargate channel specifically within Amazon. So that would be something that would be, I think, amazing. Because I don't know how many of you guys know this, but you know, there's 370 broadcast hours, but then there is 500 separate hours of extra featurette material. Thank you, Ivan Bartok. David has the bulk of that personally, right? Uh, And I don't know where that's going to end up. I mean uh hats off and shout out to Kyla as well because she was keeper of that library and mm-hmm. very very protectively uh, stood in front of it when people were gonna do things with it but I just I don't know where that's gonna go
0: yeah commentaries there. and all kinds of Amazon does have the infrastructure for like separate audio it tracks does. and things like that doesn't it
2: it does so, and I annotations one, during episodes right. that's what I would uh, love I to see see and I think that would be great but one of the biggest uh Parts of this tectonic shift I was talking about earlier is what used to be called home entertainment or post broadcast window is a completely off the table. That's not how it's described anymore. So what do you do with that library of content and how do you use it? Now, Amazon, again, I think was the best suitor to come to the table for this. It's Disney plus has sort of done it with Mandalorian to use that as an example or the bad batch, but they really haven't done what they could. So for instance, Um, if you're watching uh, the original Star Wars, the first three movies, they don't have the extras done like you would have if you had bought the DVD or the DVD. So I think there's missed opportunities here that having spent 10 years in that business, I wish that they would do this. Amazon is very well poised to be that one to do that. So Gary, to your question, was that Gary's question about Stargate Command? I think what might happen is that amazon would create a stargate channel because there were talks about that and that would have this deep dive of content
0: yeah and so many and cases, interviews and all of that right i mean you have to go to like to youtube to find some of these special features and it's like right. i loved being able to go onto um dvd uh menus and be able to access, you know, the special features. I've migrated long ago into a a digital space for all of my content where I've ripped all of my personal content onto a a private software and have siloed all of the special features into a specific folder for each show so that while I'm watching, I can go and reference this material. Uh, They have to create some kind of an infrastructure like that.
2: And what's interesting is we used to, we used to call, sorry, that was about me (laughs) losing my head. Um, it used to be called second screen for those of us that used to create that. So when streaming was first starting or digital content was first starting, we called it second screen content. So we went from DVD, Blu-ray content, special features, featurettes to second screen content, yeah. which means, so for instance, for Sons of Anarchy and Glee, I created, God, in excess of a hundred and some odd hours for both of those. Well, those aren't on, well, you know, all those shows aren't on anyway, because I don't know what Disney's doing. But all of that extra content is not available. It's inaccessible to that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there's an amazing opportunity there. And honestly, if someone was going to do it, Amazon has the wherewithal and the resources behind the scenes in terms of teams, because let's be honest, as David knows, personally, that is a massive undertaking to go through those because Mm -hmm. you have to not just digitize it but let's remember we would love to have a lot of this upresed or mm-hmm. at least in 4K and i think uh they've got the pockets to do what mgm couldn't do
0: it's not it's not just a factor of that but it's also annotating all of this content with oh spreadsheets and yeah. what goes where and and how each
2: amazon you need to hire david cuz he knows all of this <laughs> amazon He's you need done. to hire jenny He's got a spreadsheet of it so
0: spreadsheets <laughs>
2: God, that was such an undertaking I and was... I, and you didn't even get to the whole second no. part third part so no. I mean I, I the opportunity there to have that deep dive channel would be amazing yeah
0: there there's a mine there if they want it yeah, you know
2: yeah.
0: so absolutely darren Darren Sumner, are you there, sir? Hello! Hey! Hi, Hi friends! Hello, friends! I How My ears are were you? burning. I heard you talking about me. Yes. <laughs> Thought I needed were to your, come
2: on. Your ears were burning.
0: Yes. So, uh, fantastic article, man. Yeah, um, thank you. Very, very well done. You, you, you spit these things out like candy. And it's like, I don't know how he does it. You know, he's just. Well, it
3: took a, a half a day. I was yeah. sort of anticipating after all the reporting between right. Friday and over the weekend that this might actually get announced this week. Yeah. yeah. So I was lucky that I had half a day to, to kind of spend processing it from yeah the point of view of a stargate fan who knows a little bit about the industry not as much right. as jenny knows about the industry obviously i've had a ton of fun listening to the live stream i came here with 10 questions and i think <laughs> 9 of them have been answered so far well
0: what's the what's the 10th
3: my question jenny is kind of uh, trying to take your temperature of amazon and its attitude towards fandom and fan sites right so this is oh, the how a, does this yeah. legitimate question? point which is are they going to come along and start wagging their finger at what sites like gate world have and been doing
0: dial the gate. Yeah.
2: Right. Uh, okay. So I think in general, Amazon has a healthy respect for it. It's certainly the impression that I've gotten from friends of ours that work there that used to be at Fox. And it's certainly the impression I got from interviewing and talking with them about that Lord of the Rings head of fandom. I think the fact that they even have that, and I don't, honestly, I don't know anybody else in at, that, at their level that has that division. Um, and that's just for Lord of the Rings. I think they've got an enormous respect for it based on what they did with The Expanse. They didn't shut down any of The Expanse fandoms. Um, in fact, they worked directly with them, uh, which was, I think, highly unusual and not expected. Yeah. Wow, that's so a I, my, my gut is that based on the people I know that are working there at the studio who are my age or younger, and so therefore come from fandoms themselves, plus what I've seen them do with Lord of the Rings and what they did with The Expanse, I feel pretty positive that they would not be uh, a a 500-pound gorilla about it, but instead actually reach out to work and partner with you guys, with all of them. Um, And on that note, I hate to do this, but um I do have to go. Oh, I'm,
0: absolutely. Little
2: I understand. Bit of an emergency. I got to go take care of. So Oh, I absolutely.
0: I appreciate it. I'm and so I'll sorry. I'll just, no, it's it's all good. Thank you Jenny okay. so much. I'll continue with with uh, Darren and Tracy here for a minute.
2: Okay. And we'll and, just do uh, it. Hello to everybody. Thank you so much and thank you thank you for having me on cuz I love talking about this. This so. is so fantastic.
0: You. you have been so informative. You go do your thing.
2: All right. Bye guys.
0: Bye now. Darren Yes, sir. You still there? All right. Very good. Yeah, no, this is this is a a ridiculous, you know, uh situation that we've been placed into. I mean, we you and I just recorded what, uh uh last week, the twelve things that we'd like to see in the new Stargate. And um boy uh, Yeah, on the
3: eve of the announcement.
0: Man, didn't even I, I that was not on purpose, you know, and so that's gonna go up on on Sunday. So it's just it's just absolutely crazy that uh that, that this happened when it did. But also one of the things that we've been, we've been talking about, um, in the past hour is that this is going to take, you know, some time now to finalize. And this, this could easily take, uh, like your, your article stated, you know, someone reported that through potentially the end of the year.
3: Yeah. We got to remember how these things work. There's regulatory approvals. There's a whole process, uh, uh reports in the trades are that this is going to go through, people are going to uh, squawk about Amazon owning everything uh, in, in Congress and the likes, but it's going to go through, it's probably going to be the end of 2021. I don't know if you and Jenny talked about this before I got here, but uh, one of my questions was also... Uh, can Amazon and MGM do anything before the regulatory approval, before the deal is officially final? Can they at least start to make plans and grease the wheels? Right. Was that something that came up?
0: Well, I, we, so the the intent is to, you know, make sure that everyone has, is on the same sheet music at the same time. So that when we do go for this, that, you know, everyone, especially like fandom is speaking in one, in one uh, clear voice. So, and we did address your, your, what you, what you put up was that, you know, Brad's, you know, pitch has been in development for what, a couple of years now? So there, there are certain things that if they choose to take advantage of rather than go back to the well and start from square one or maybe several paces behind square one, they have the opportunity to do that. The question is, will they?
3: Yeah. And I also speculated in the article that uh, if Brad's pitch really is this far along, uh, then, uh, for all we know, he may have pitched it to Amazon already. It might be something that they're familiar with, mm-hmm. and so that could shave some time off of the getting getting things up and running. Correct. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, the next thing that I want to hear about is that. Well, I'm not going to hear about it, but the next logical step is that Brad has a meeting mm-hmm. and he may have already it had one.
0: Amazon Who knows? and yeah,
3: I don't know if that's going to happen in May or June, or if it's not going to happen until the deal is done at the end of the year.
0: Yep. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. So Tracy, anything else? Any other points that, uh, that, uh, Darren and I can address that fans have asked or that you want to bring up?
1: Well, there are a couple of more okay. really interesting questions. Um, what are your thoughts on Amazon making movies rather than sticking with a TV show that came from Yuki at home and Teresa MC?
0: Interesting. The movie approach, Darren. I mean, you may disagree, but I mean, if they were going to go with that, it would probably be more than likely more of a more of a, a hard reboot than uh, than continuing the uh, uh, the the Brad Wright uh, universe, wouldn't you say?
3: Yeah, I think we just have to give Amazon enough time to sort of find their way into the Stargate world and see the the status of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've we've had the show streaming on Prime for a long time, off and on. Uh, So they've got their own internal numbers as to how well Stargate does for them on reruns. Right. But I was really interested uh, when the news was announced on Wednesday that the Amazon programming chief who made the announcement listed Stargate, but he listed it as you guys touched on. He listed it with the movies Mm -hmm. in MGM's library. Mm -hmm. So Stargate's on their radar, but I'm not sure how much SG-1 in the TV universe is on their radar just yet. But they're certainly going to get there. They're certainly going to, you know, look through all the numbers and look look at the fandom and figure out what's what.
0: Well, to be perfectly frank, I mean, I, I wouldn't blame them for going movies first in terms of if we're going to focus on movies or television first in terms of the announcement. What's the bigger push here? I mean, we're talking about multi-billion-dollar film franchises, so it would make sense to start from that, especially in terms of uh, announcements with uh, you know the trades and everything else. And then, you know, as this thing develops, then begin to filter down into the some of the some of the, the less uh, known or established properties.
3: Yeah, you know, feature film is is something that I I perceive Amazon to be lacking. That's a big mm-hmm. thing that they get from this deal. Uh, you know, Netflix is winning awards for for feature films mm-hmm. in a space that Amazon is much newer to. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't surprise me. You know, the headlines are going to be James Bond and Rocky. Right. And Creep at this point.
0: Yeah. Um, those are, those are in in kitchen table of, names.
3: Yeah. In terms of Stargate, though, and and if they were to do a Stargate movie before a Stargate TV show, I'd be really surprised. If they went that way, because again, once they look at everything and see the state of, of that brand, it would be a decision to, to kind of make a clean cut and start rowing in the other direction. Tracy.
1: Hmm. Um, A lot of the other questions have pretty much been covered through these conversations So you guys have done excellent.
0: Thank you, Tracy, for coming aboard. Thank you, Darren, for saving my bacon at the end there with Jenny. I was just going to be swinging in the wind. Um, So that's that's kind of perfect how that kind of happened that trade off. But yeah, it's uh, it's you know again you know we want to make sure that we're all speaking in one clear voice when Amazon has you know its collective uh, heads off of uh, off of all the documents and is paying attention to what's on the web and the fandoms and everything else for us to be able to then say okay. We're here, please please listen to what we have to say before you know you know you make any major call.
3: I'm really encouraged to be honest. Yeah. I, uh, we talk in the show that's airing on Sunday. We talk uh, off and on a bit about the expanse. If you want to see how Amazon handles acquired science fiction, you know, an existing sci-fi property, expanse is stellar it's it's really excellent it i don't see any indication that they're futzing around with it as i said in the article
0: but that's also a situation where we're talking about an active show with standing sets and a a a production team that's already still together
3: right so it is a different animal in that regard but it's um i'm excited about the possibilities i mean it brings a great deal of uncertainty Mm -hmm. which you and jenny have helped us sort through uh, quite a good deal over the last hour and a half there's a lot of uncertainties about stargate being sold uh, and what a new company is going to want to do with it but it also opens up some really exciting new possibilities i'm I'm nervous but I'm also really excited to see what the next few years are going to have in store for all of us
0: yeah we have to we also a, a common you know thought process among fans is we've gone through all this we've 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 examined it from every direction including supine uh they can't surprise us. And I would suggest, let yourselves be open to surprise. You know, maybe they'll think of something that we haven't thought of yet. Maybe they'll do holographic Stargate next. Maybe, maybe they'll go in and do a true f- from the ground up restoration of SG-1. So, you know, these are all, these are all, anything is on the table.
3: Yeah, all those things that we've we've kind of hemmed and hawed and complained that MGM hasn't done and hasn't, you know, pulled the trigger or spent the money, something like a, a a blu-ray restoration of sG1. all those things are back on the table mm-hmm. with with a new
0: a new granddaddy with deep pockets. Mm-hmm. That's what I've got. Thank you so much, Tracy for helping out.
1: Oh, thank you. this has been great.
0: And the whole mod team that's out there. Summer is back. Uh, Keith, Jeremy, Reese, Anthony, uh, Linda Gate, Gabber Fury, Jennifer Kirby, Darren. Any final thoughts before we let you go?
3: <clears throat> no, just just keep keep watching, keep your eyes open. It's it's gonna take a while. I've seen this week a lot of the comments have been, uh, you know, does this mean there's a new Stargate show? Okay, is this is this it? Is this happening now? Because you know, as the whole Amazon deal is has been developing we are also continuing to report on what Brad is doing and right. Brad is talking with you know with Michael and with Amanda and now with Ben, ben Browder yeah uh, about this script that he has written with their characters in it so we're going to keep reporting on that. gate is going to keep talking about it uh, every single week we've got uh, some really <laughs> every exciting, week <laughs> really exciting conversations coming up with the uh, Stargate casting crew. And uh, uh, that's kind of where we're at right now with fandom. We're still in a holding pattern, waiting for a new show to be announced. But it is, I think it's a, we've turned the page. It's a a new chapter.
0: Yeah, this is great. Thank you, Darren, for, for coming on at the end. And thank you, Tracy, so much, both of you. I really appreciate your time. Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess they're out. All right. Uh, so if, if you enjoyed this discussion, uh, if you want uh, more content like this uh, on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you click that like button. Uh, it really makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm will definitely help the show grow its audience. And uh, please consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. Let's let's get the word out there some of the discussion points today and and drive some of this home. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. And giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. This is key if you plan on uh, watching live. My tremendous thanks to uh, Jenny Stiven of Clio Consulting for coming in and uh, assisting us with this uh, uh, in-depth—well, driving the in-depth analysis analysis. analysis and uh, what's going to come next i hope that you will be walking away with a little bit of a clearer focus on what is coming up next for stargate and and what this means for uh this particular franchise that was certainly the intent of this and why we we rushed uh this episode into production so quickly and uh that's that's what we've got going on so uh sunday we have 12 things we want from the next stargate which darren and i recorded last week (laughs) <laughs> so, this is going to be uh, very apt now. It's just two fans sitting down and spitballing 12 ideas and five or six, you know, honorable mentions. So, take it for what it is. Not like we must have this next, but these are what ifs and that, that so that is on May the 30th at 12 p.m. Pacific time and then at 2 p.m. Pacific time May the 30th Robert Cooper part 4 an in-depth analysis of Stargate Atlantis from start to finish with a focus on his uh, particular episodes like Satita like Vegas like doppelganger so that's a fascinating discussion Robert is always amazing to have him on he is always he's always uh, his thoughts are always cultivated and insightful and it's just it's just wonderful Wonderful to have him. That's what we have for you here. First weekday show. Wow, and a lot to uh, think about. My thanks again to Jenny, to Darren, to uh, Tracy, to Summer, Keith, Jeremy, Reese, Anthony, uh, Linda, Gate Gabber Fury, Jennifer Curry, Kirby. Uh, my name is David Reed for Dial the Gate. We'll see you on the other side. Style the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner, co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Orrs. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith Hommel, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com.